Welcome to the Pearl Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blesses you in a way that is inspiring, encouraging, and transformational. For more information about our church, please go to thepearlchurch.org. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, we are, um, we're going to jump in this morning to a story that is near and dear to my heart from the Bible. Um, if you're new to church, um, we, we love the Word of God. That's simply an old, an old ancient book called the Bible. We believe that this, this Word is the written Word of God. He spoke through people, through generations, and here we are. We have accumulation of, of words and letters that God has inspired Himself. And so we talk from stories and the gospel, which Jesus, when he came to earth, he preached and he experienced and he brought to the world. Um, but I'm going to share a story this morning, probably one of my favorite Old Testament stories because I love the person so much, but I really love the underlying theme. It's the story of Joseph. And I'm going to share that from a context of purpose. I believe that all of us were built, created, designed with a purpose and God wants to reveal that and for us to experience that in our lives. We, he, that's, that's who he is. He, he wrote something on our hearts when he made us. And he has something for us. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're we're going to jump in to the, to the story of Joseph. And I want to phase it. The, the first thing is that Joseph is known for this really profound series of dreams that he has. He has these crazy dreams and it's, it's a way that God speaks to him. Joseph later is identified as a dreamer. I'm going to talk about that. But the first phase is that God puts a dream in his heart. He puts a vision. He puts a purpose. He writes something into his story that messes with Joseph because he wants to see what it means. The second phase, I'm simply calling the middle. The middle represents life that we go through. We all have experiences, good, bad, ugly, ups, downs, highs, lows, valleys, mountaintops. And the, the message that... I've titled this morning called Moments in the Middle, that, that God has moments in our lives that are defining moments. And I truly believe that when you allow yourself to continue to pursue God, when you have profound moments with him, those moments begin to build up and there's a momentum on your life. That moments become momentum. And then that's where I want to hit this. So the second phase is the middle. And the third phase, I'm calling the fulfillment. Joseph looks back on his life, and he sees what God has done. And there's a fulfillment that he experiences. But let's pray this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you're here and that you want to speak to us. You have some things that you have in mind for each person. I pray that our minds and our hearts would be open to what you want to say this morning. I pray that we wouldn't miss it. I pray that we would have moments. I pray that nothing would block or get in the way of what you want to do this morning. Nothing would hinder. I pray for just an open heaven here this morning, over this place, God, where people experience your presence, they hear your voice, and they get your direction. God, we pray for the Broncos. We pray that in their training camp, they're getting well and ready for a Super Bowl season. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Amen. Oh, I just, I prayed that, sorry. Prayed that out loud. Um, all right, if you got your Bibles... Turn to Genesis chapter 37, or if you got your device, turn on to Genesis chapter 37. We'll also have it on the screen behind me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a couple of different sections of Scripture, so I'm going to get kind of thorough for a minute, get into the Bible, dig into the Word, and kind of preach through a few things here this morning. So I want you to follow along, and I really believe that context for stories is king. Like, you got to know what's going on in the story to kind of get the full picture. 
So this is Genesis chapter 37. We find where Joseph is being described in his lineage, that his, that his father has a certain, um, has a certain bend towards him. He's in, he endears his son Joseph. And Joseph, here we are in verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons, any of them, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made him a richly ornamented robe for Joseph. I'm going to stop right there real quick, because it says that he loved him and there's a favor on his life. And specifically, the reason that's kind of important is because Joseph was the firstborn of Rachel. And Rachel had a promise over her life that she was going to have a child. And it was really at a young, excuse me, at an old age when this, when this son was born. And so he was, he was dedicated, just like we did a moment ago, before the Lord because he was birthed in promise. Let me start right here real quick. That whatever God puts in your life, whatever's in your hands, whether it's a career, a relationship, a calling, a resource, an influence, whatever God has put in your hands, when you dedicate it to him and you say, God, I want you involved here. You've given me stewardship, but I'm giving you lordship. God will put favor on it. God puts blessing on what we dedicate to him. God will put his hand on what we say, God, I want you involved here. I want you involved here. And I love Joseph too, because he's swagged out. They, they, they gave him a, a multicolored jacket. He's got like this, it's called the the coat of many colors or the dream coat. And he, I love fashion. He's like the first ever to set it off. So I love that Joseph has this cool jacket. Anyways, important stuff. Uh, when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph's about to have a dream, but his brothers already hate him. How many of you know that when God puts a blessing or a favor on your life, everyone's not celebrating it. Everyone is not celebrating the blessing and the favor on our lives. I wish it was true, but some things creep in. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream. You can just tell his enthusiasm here. Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Oh, brother, we're so excited for your dream. We can't wait to work for you. Please take us on this entrepreneurial venture and let us know how we can serve you. We already hate you. No. Their hatred actually compounds. And, and you can tell right here that Joseph, he's young. He's naive. And I think that all of us in our experience sometimes, we can, we can have these experiences where God, where he gives us these profound moments. And it takes wisdom to know what we're supposed to share. Like just because God speaks to you doesn't mean you go around and you share that with everyone. The Bible says don't cast your, 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 your pearls to swine. We, we have to know who we're supposed to share it to. And when he says it to his father, because he has another dream, I believe we, we're supposed to know what spirit we're supposed to share it in. Let me, let me read this real quick. He says, then he had another dream and he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When his father, as well as his brothers, his father's, when his father heard this, he rebuked him. He rebuked him. And the reason I said it's important who you share it with and how you share it with or how you share it is because sometimes I believe we can get so wrapped up in zeal and enthusiasm that we can allow arrogance to come in. And I believe that 
Joseph got a little ahead of himself. And when you share things, especially with people that you trust, I believe sharing it in a spirit of humility will allow people to come alongside of you and say, I want to celebrate that. But when you boast and you brag and we, and we, and we carry on, that, that has a smell that comes off. Like it, people just don't want to re, be around that. And, and, and not that they don't want to celebrate what God's doing in your life, but sometimes the way in which we carry what God's doing can be the things that turn people off. We still have the calling. It's still there. We'll see Joseph start to fulfill what God's put in his life. But we have to learn, God, how do I carry this? Like you've put, something, you've put a mantle on my life. How do I carry this? Because I want to carry it correctly and with the right spirit. Says, what, your, the father says, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So here's what happens in life, real talk, is when people see the blessing on your life, especially if they have any sort of animosity already towards you, that when you begin to advance in what you're doing, maybe you get promoted at work, maybe you get an upgrade and some people see that and they take note of it, jealousy creeps in. I'm telling you, where there's favor, there's jealousy. Where there's favor, people around you will come with jealousy. And jealousy comes in strange ways. Jealousy shows its face in very strange ways. People will be intimidated, they'll be threatened, they'll put plots and schemes to try and keep you from where you're supposed to go. Because what happens here with Joseph? His brothers start to scheme against him and they try and kill him. Not, they didn't actually go through with it because they had this revelation, this realization, he's our flesh and blood, we can't do that. But we can sell him to slavery. We, we, can, we can kick him to the curb. Like, we can get rid of him. And I just want to reiterate that, that when you, have, when you have favor in your life, when you have favor on something that God's doing in your life and you, and, and you experience that, be aware that not everyone's going to celebrate that. Just, just have that awareness. Because I don't want you to get blindsided when it happens. I wish I could stand up here and say, hey, the favor of God makes everyone love you and hunky-dory and here we go. But it's, it's, it's not the case. When you have a favor on your life, there's, there's people that don't like that. Maybe you get promoted. Maybe you see yourself. Maybe you get certain influence. Maybe you get certain treatment. Maybe you have a blessing that other people don't get and they want that and they're going to do what they can to take it. I'm going to skip to verse 19 real quick. Because there's, there's a phrase that is really um, poignant about Joseph's life that kind of identifies his story. The brothers are getting ready to sell him, um, and they say, here comes that dreamer. It's a famous line, here comes that dreamer. And you can just smell the sarcasm on that. You can just tell, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let's kill him, throw him into the cisterns, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. We'll see. Again, just be aware. But hey, the Bible also says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So, and you'll see this just because they plot and they have a weapon formed against them doesn't mean it's going to work. But we have to be aware and cognizant and conscious of the fact that when I'm moving into my destiny, it might disrupt someone else's. I'm going to skip over to 
chapter 39. If you want some, some entertainment to read, just by the, by the way, read Genesis chapter 38. I'm not going to go there, but I was reading through this as I was preparing this week. Genesis that ch chapter 38 is like Jerry Springer show. It's nuts. Like crazy. It goes through the story of Judah and it's nuts. If you, if you don't believe the Bible has entertainment value, read Genesis chapter 38. Okay. Here we are in Genesis chapter 39. So when Joseph was sold into slavery, he began to serve. And I'm telling you, the, the kingdom way of living, whatever you've been handed, whatever you've been given, the path to blessing is serving. That if you've been given a certain career, if you've been given a certain calling, if you've been called to steward a certain relationship, that the path to blessing is through us serving. It says that Jesus, God himself, came in flesh and blood to serve mankind. So the King of kings, Lord of lords, came to earth with a position to serve. To serve. You guys ever watch this show, Undercover CEO? Undercover Boss, I think it is. I'll watch that sometimes. I listen to podcasts sometimes specifically of like CEOs and entrepreneurs and founders. I love that stuff. And it always seems like there's a connection between success and the people who serve their people. Like they feel like that their, 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 their value on the planet is not to build these ginormous companies. They feel like their value on the planet is to serve the people who are help serving their vision. And that's leadership 101 right there. That's leadership 101 right there. But Joseph is now serving as he's in slavery, and he begins to advance. He's got the right heart. He's got favor on his life. That's a dynamic duo. That, that's a dynamic mixture of qualities for a person. When you serve, you're humble. You have the right attitude, and you're willing to have with work ethic. And the third thing is when there's favor on your life, the sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. But I want to pick up this story because Joseph is now serving at the right hand of Potiphar. Potiphar is the captain of the guards for Pharaoh. So he's an influencer. He's got, he's got some followers. And Potiphar, um, so Pharaoh's the king of the land, and Potiphar's king, uh, captain of his guards, and Joseph's his right-hand man. Here's where we're going to pick up the story. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him from there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Come on, if there's anything I want said about my life, it's I want to be successful in all that I do because God's on my life. And I just, I just speak that over anyone who wants to receive that this morning. When you put your hands in God's life, he says that you can be successful in all that you do. Doesn't mean it's always pretty. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. Doesn't mean there's not trials. But God says when you look back, you can see success on everything I've touched. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted his care of everything he owned. He let him have reign over everything. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Fringe benefits right here. 
I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart that believers are meant to have authority in this life. The Bible says that we are the head, not the tail. So I mean in the world, you're supposed to have authority. And, and when you have authority in the world, I believe the people that even help serve whatever you're doing or build whatever you're doing, they're going to be blessed because they're close to you. Proximity to power right here. I've, I've seen that. I don't have time to get into stories, but I have watched where believers have went into organizations or companies or whatever, into relationships, and God puts favor and prosperity on their life, and then people surrounded with them by osmosis are blessed as well. Because God wants to turn on their antenna. He wants their radar to go off and say, what is it about this? And believers get to say, you want to really know what's going on? I serve a God who favors what I do. And he puts blessing on my life, and he's going to bless all those around us. So he, so he left him. This, this is Potiphar. So Potiphar left Joseph in care of everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. I get that with all my heart. I'll let people take care of everything in my life, but don't touch my food. Don't, like, everything you can have charge of, just let me know what happened for lunch. Just, I just want to know what we're eating. Um, someone said preach. Uh, now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Joseph is doing his thing, and Potiphar's wife takes notice, and she says, come to bed with me. I'm telling you, here's another thing you got to be aware of. Just because there's favor in your life doesn't mean it's void of temptation. When, when you have favor, when you have blessing on your life, temptation still comes. And I believe sometimes the target gets bigger. The target on your back gets bigger because you've got more to lose. And the enemy doesn't want that thing that's inside of you to transpire. He doesn't want it to come to fruition. So he'll use things to try and keep you from stepping into what God's calling you to do. He said, but he refused. And he says, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns and has entrusted to my care. Now one is greater in this house than I am. My master was withheld nothing from me except for you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her and even be around her. Man, leaders know, leaders know that I've got to fight temptation before temptation even comes. That I fight the battle even before I'm in the battle. And he puts, tempt he puts boundaries around his life. I'm telling you, healthy leaders know how to put boundaries around their life before they get into the fight. He had already made this decision before the temptation even came. He knew what he, righteousness was in his life. And when you let righteousness be your guide and you put parameters around your life with righteousness as being the fence post, God will keep temptation, not from coming, but from getting inside. One day he went into the house to attend his duties. And this is where it gets even crazier because she can't stand it. He went to attend his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and she said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in, his, in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house, she called her servants. Look, 
she starts, she starts tripping. Look, and trifling. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard my scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. How many of you guys know there's two sides to every story? Two sides. She's telling hers, and she's got some influence, and he's not in the area, so he can't defend himself. She's controlling the narrative at the moment. She's controlling the narrative. Again, favored people are not void of drama in their life. I wish. I'm t I like to say it like this sometimes. Believers, we don't get to be insulated from the world, but we get to be immune from the world. Let me unpack that a little bit. I, I, I watch Christians sometimes think we got to hide and be away from the world. I got to hide from this stuff because I don't want it to infect me. Now, there's, there's wisdom in knowing what you should allow in, like what you watch, what you listen to. There's wisdom in that. But Jesus shows us when he goes and sits with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and drunkards, he says, you're supposed to be the light. That you're supposed to walk into dark places and not insulate yourself from those places, but you're immune. Meaning those things aren't going to affect you because you have light in you and light outshines darkness. Light defeats darkness all day long. It eats it for lunch. It has no rival. And I think that we're in a day and an hour and a time where believers need to know how to step into the realm that God's given them and how to be a light into that dark place. I believe that with all my heart. I believe the next revival that we see is going to be in the church and outside the church. I believe we're going to see it all. God's just going to move. God's going to move. It says, while Joseph was, so here's what happened real quick. Let me, let me summarize this story, what happened. So she's telling this crazy story about what happened with her and Joseph that was not true. And she starts saying some stuff that puts him in prison. Potiphar's got influence, remember. He's captain of the guards. And he puts him into prison. Pivotal moment. Pivotal moment moment. TBT, throwback Thursday, right here. There's a pivotal moment in Joseph's life because here he is experiencing so much success and favor and influence on his life. He, God's put him in a position of power. He's serving Potiphar. He's making things happen. And then here comes this crazy encounter. Why that's such a pivotal moment is because Joseph is then put in prison and he's at a crossroads at what he's going to do next in his life. I don't know about you, but I know about me. When I'm experiencing success and something comes and interrupts that and I feel like it was unjust or wrong, I like a good pity party. I like to wallow in my issues and say, God, this isn't right. I'm doing things the way you told me to. I'm putting boundaries. I'm living righteously. I'm serving. I'm doing things humbly. God, I'm doing this right. And here comes this crazy lady that's going to interrupt my success. I don't want to do it again. I want to stay in this place, in this prison. I want to wallow in it and just let me ride out my days. 
I've said this before, but listen to this. This is where the devil comes in. The devil likes to put in a victim mentality. The, vet, the devil likes to take our momentary issues and make them lifetime issues. He wants to take the moments that we get hurt, the moments we suffer, the moments we experience pain, and he wants us to relive that for the rest of our lives. And here's Joseph sitting at this place, and he's saying, God, you put a dream in my heart. This may be a setback, but I believe it's a setup. Come on. I believe that this setback is going to lead to my setup, God. I believe that this downgrade is going to lead to my upgrade. I believe this demotion is going to lead to my promotion. Come on. Right there, Joseph's saying, I'm going to keep going. And I believe some people in this room just, you know, you need to keep going. That whatever has set you back, God will recycle for your upgrade. Whatever has, even if it's totally unjust, because a lot of times it is. A lot of times, like, Jesus didn't deserve to die a sinner's death. That wasn't just. But he knew the purpose of it. Oh, come on. Someone's got to find the purpose in their pain. Someone's got to find the purpose in their pain. Because when you find purpose in your pain, I'm telling you, you're unstoppable. When you find purpose in your pain, nothing can keep you from going where God's got you headed. Nothing. And he's sitting in this moment like, I've been interrupted. And I want to keep going. And he encounters God. He encounters God. Because you know he keeps moving forward. He keeps pursuing the dream. He keeps pushing forward. Let me say another thing in context right here. Don't let your last encounter with God be your last encounter with God. Don't let the last one be the last one. That God's got more for you. God's got more for you. He's, he's calling you to places and resources and experiences and influences and relationships that are not defined in this simple moment. Don't let your latest success be your greatest success. Don't, don't let it. Because the latest success may just be the thing that's pointing you to your next greatest success. Keep going. Let God use what he's going to use. Because Joseph shows something and reveals something that I believe that all of us need to know. That we serve a God who does not waste anything. He does not waste one experience. God may take us on a journey that's all over the place. We zig, we zag, we go up, we go down, and we sit there and we say sometimes, where in the world am I? Man, I'm telling you, I have, I have worked some places, and I've been put in some positions that I'll just sit there and be like, God, did we miss something here? Because this ain't making no sense. Why am I here? And I can tell you, I worked for an organization when I first got out of college. It was hyper dysfunctional. The CFO ended up going to prison for embezzlement, like hyper dysfunctional. And I look at that moment, I'm like, why was I there? You know what God showed me? He said, I wanted you to take you through a journey where you knew what not to do. Where you learned what kind of leadership not to live. What decisions not to make. How to not treat people. I'm telling you, if you allow yourself to live on purpose, God will use everything for your purpose. Like everything. 
Everything that you've lived through, every moment, every job, every relationship, when you live on purpose, God will use that for bigger purpose. For a bigger purpose. I, I was in a job one time. Oh my gosh. I was, in, I was in an administrative role. If you know anything about me, that is death by a thousand paper cuts. For me. I'm not throwing any shade on anybody who's in an administrative role. That's just not for me. I know my lane now, but God used those experiences to show me what I'm wired, how I'm made. Like he used, he took me through one, that experience and said, hey, I'm going to take you through a season where you learn how you're not designed. So that I can reveal to you how you actually are designed. And then I could, I could cross that off. Okay, got that one out of the way. Never going back into an administrative role. It doesn't, oh man, God doesn't waste anything. Nothing. 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 And if you're here in this place this morning, I'm telling you that you can start right now and you can look back and you can see the hand of God in your life and you'll say, this is why this was, this is why that was, this is why this happened, this is why that happened. That can happen right now. Oh, one more word. God says in his word that he uses all things together for our good. All things. You know the word good in the Greek is synonymous with the word advantage? God uses everything for my advantage? Woo! God, I, everything? Like even when I acted a fool and an idiot? Like, yep. You'll use it for your good. Sign me up. Sign me up. Like, this is what I want. Lord, I want your hand on my life. So he's serving in prison. Joseph's, he's doing his thing and he's, he's serving and he's had to hit the reset button. I'm sure there's people in the room that have had to hit the reset button again. But this because you've had to hit the reset button doesn't mean you can't get to your destiny again. It's still there. It's still there. And he's, and he's, he's in prison. He's serving again. All right, God, this is, this is the way we do it. I'm going to serve. And he grows in favor again. Hard work, right attitude, humble, and favor will take you a long way. And he's, and he's doing this again. And then Pharaoh comes knocking. Like the, the, the top dog. He comes and he says, I've had these dreams, and can anyone figure out what they mean? That's crazy because Joseph started his journey on a dream. Oh man, I'm telling you, what God gifts you in your life, what he blesses you with, he'll first test you with. He'll test it. Why? To make sure it's purified and you know what you have. But then he makes you an expert in it. And then you become a blessing to someone else. You, in the kingdom of God, the best way to keep something is to give it away. Is, is, is to use it for other people. So Pharaoh comes knocking. He says, I had this dream. Can anyone figure it out? <laughs> and the prison guys are like, there's this crazy dude named Joseph who like interprets dreams. He's probably got like an infomercial or something, but he's like, let me, let me read this dream and tell you what's going on. And he does. And Pharaoh heeds what he says. And it causes some things to get unlocked. God starts doing stuff. Have the worship team come up. God will start 
unlocking stuff for people around you when you use their, your gift that's been tested for their goodness. God will use it. You're a conduit. You're, you're a believer. That means you believe that God can use all things together for good. You believe it for yourself and for other people. You carry that. There's something inside of you that people are attracted to. And Joseph carries it. This is the last part. Because now Joseph is getting close to seeing this whole thing fulfilled. And he's living what God spoke to him. He's, he's Pharaoh's right-hand man, like over the land. And he's, he's a shot caller. Like he's, he's making it happen. He's got influence and authority and from being sold into slavery by his brothers, not letting that define him, by put in prison by some crazy lady, not letting that define him. And he kept progressing. And God kept anointing and putting favor on his life. Man, if there's anything that I want on my life, I want like Joseph, God, I don't care what comes at me. I want you to keep using it for my good. You can use it, but here's, here's what happens. He's so close to seeing the dream fulfilled. But there's one last part. There's one last part. His brothers. The ones where it started. Because when God gave him the dream, his brothers hated him for it. And here he is through the decades, walking his destiny and getting close to fulfillment of everything that God has spoken to him. And the brothers get to him. And the Bible says they don't even recognize him. I wonder how many people in the room have been through some journeys and some experiences that people that maybe you surrounded yourself with years ago, or they were actually part of your own destruction. Or they maybe, maybe they were caught part, of, part of your own curses, or maybe they were part of your own destruction. And somehow you escape that realm and you walk through the life that God has given you. And God's changed you. Your spirit's different. Your thoughts are different. Your plans are different. Your desires and your motives are different. And you get to this point in life where the people that, that knew you years ago, if they saw you now, they wouldn't even recognize you. They wouldn't even know who they're standing with. And Joseph is at this moment. He's, he goes back and forth. I don't have time to read all this, but he goes back and forth with how to deal with them because they get to him and he's torn. He starts like kind of almost playing tricks with them. He puts money in their bag and tries to like figure it out. Da, 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 da. And he's like, because you got you to imagine all the emotion that comes flooding into this man's life. The people who sold me into slavery, even though God has used it for my blessing, the root of all that's difficult. And there, he's standing before him and he doesn't know what to do. He's emotionally torn and distraught. And he's just, the weight and the gravity of that is too much for him. And in chapter 45, verse one, it says, then Joseph could no longer control himself. 
before all his attendants, he cried out, have everyone get out of my presence. See that there's no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. I want everyone out of the room. I just want to be face to face with the ones who sold me into slavery. Man, you can feel this. I feel like this is like a Hollywood moment right here. And when he wept so loudly, the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's house heard him. Everyone in the region heard this dude like wailing out because he just can't take the emotion of the ones who had sold him into slavery being before. He's just, he's just vexed. And I've, met, I've had the privilege as a pastor watching so many people experience breakthrough. But let me tell you, breakthrough's messy. Breakthrough is messy. I wish we could say it's buttoned up and it's got Sunday vest on, but breakthrough is messy because there is a lot connected with people's pain. When people have been hurt by other people, when they've walked through difficult things or they've experienced trauma, breakthrough is messy. And he, he's just vexed. He doesn't have words. He doesn't know what to say. He just cries out. Oh, I got to share this real quick. I think I'm good on time. I'm good on time. Our pastoral team had the privilege a couple of months ago to hear from a pastor, um, his name's Matthew Barnett. Many of you might know him. He started the Los Angeles Dream Center. And Matthew did the craziest thing I've ever heard. He ran seven marathons and seven continents in seven days. First off, I don't do marathons. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't even think about what he experienced. But he said something so profound to me. And this is going to connect to what Joseph just did. He was running one of the marathons. I think it was the third one. It was in Madrid, Spain. And he was, he was on his way. He was doing his thing. And he experienced an injury. I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was in this area, the patella, somewhere in there. Um, my wife's the doctor in the family. But he experienced something in that area that that he had to pull off the road. And he had been, he had prayed so much for this journey because he, had, he was using as a catalyst to raise money for the Los Angeles Dream Center, which does so much, rescues women off the streets, human trafficking, addiction recovery, all that, it's just awesome stuff. And he had a moment where the, the weight of the emotion became too much for him because he, he didn't think he was gonna continue on. And he said something so profound that I'll never forget. He said he pulled off on the side of the road, kind of behind a bush so no one could see him. He didn't have words. He didn't have thoughts. He just broke. He was just so vexed and so emotionally burdened. He just lost it. Just like Joseph right here. And each race that he ran, he said he learned a principle. He learned a life lesson. He said the principle that he learned on this particular race when this experience happened with his injury he said I realized that sometimes in life my breakdowns lead to my breakthrough that my breakdowns will actually lead to my breakthrough Joseph right here he doesn't have words he's vexed he's emotionally unstable and he loses it and I'm telling you sometimes you just need to get in the presence of God and let yourself break down let everything that you're carrying every weight fall off every burden that you're carrying every sin that you feel like is still on you every guilt every shame sometimes there's not even words the Bible said sometimes we just groan sometimes a groaning just comes out of our spirits 
But here's what Joseph experiences that his brothers are right before him and he's vexed and he's crying out. Then he reveals himself. And here's the grace of God in the story. That when he reveals himself, the presence and the spirit of God empowered him to do something that I know he couldn't do on his own because of the weight he was experiencing. He gave him grace. He said, just like Jesus on the cross, I forgive you because you didn't even know what you did. You don't even know the magnitude of what you did to my life. I've been the one living the repercussions. And I came here to say this morning that when you get to certain points in your life, the way that you're going to experience total fulfillment and the destiny that God's given you is to extend the blessing to those who've hurt you. It's to extend the grace that God has put inside of you, the favor, the gifting, the calling is meant to be extended to people around you. You'll experience total fulfillment when you use what God has given you, not for your own gain, but for someone else's. I'm going to finish right here. My favorite scripture in all the Bible, Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. It says, For we have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters, but do not use that freedom for selfish gain. Use that freedom to serve others in love. That your freedom... As great as it is, you get to a point where you realize I'm not totally free unless I use it for other people. Oh, come on. Come on. You will get total freedom. You know why that's important? Because you look like Jesus. You look like him. You look like Jesus. You look like the one who saved you. And that's the mission in life is I want to look like you. I want you guys to stand in this morning. I'm going to pray. I believe God's given me a couple of things just to pray for this morning. And I said it earlier in the service. I believe that we're supposed to have moments in church. That we're not supposed to just come check a box off our list that I did the Christian activity. But we're supposed to have moments. Our dream team was here praying at 9.15 this morning. And we pray for people to have moments with God. We pray that heaven would, would open up and God would speak to you in your moments. And I just want to make room for that. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that you speak to us and you lead us and you guide us. God, I pray for people here this morning, just like Joseph, when he began his journey, but they'd have a dream in their heart. God, I pray for people this morning to have a vision and a purpose for their life. If you're in this place and you're just saying, God, I want you to speak to me about my vision and my purpose, I just want you to lift up your hand real quick. I want you to lift your hand. If you want God to speak to you about vision and purpose, oh, I see those. Tons of hands. Keep them up for just a moment because I'm going to pray for all of us. If you feel like you're just in the middle, just like Joseph, that you've gone through some trials, maybe your success has been erupted. Maybe you don't, maybe some things aren't making sense about how this lines up to your destiny. You're saying, God, I want you to use what I'm going through for my purpose. If you're in that group, I want you to lift up your hand. If you want God to use what you're going through for his purpose, I want you to see that hand. Maybe you're in the last group. Maybe there's some relationships. Maybe there's some stuff that you've been carrying that God says, I want you to extend grace and I want you to release that. I want you to release that right now. I want you to slip up your hand if you're in that category. Oh, come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hands all over this place. Jesus, mess up this room. Do it. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want you to, I want you to open up your hands just as if you're receiving. I want you to receive what God wants to do for you right now. I want you to have this moment. I don't want you to miss this moment. Because life can either be made of regrets or moments. Make this a moment. Jesus, I thank you that you're putting dreams in people's hearts. God, I just prophesy right now that you're putting dreams in people's hearts. You're putting visions in their hearts. You may wake them up at night. It may be while they're driving. It may be in conversation. God, but you are putting dreams in their hearts. God, I pray that you would solidify that dream that you're putting inside people's hearts. That it would be stamped, imprinted on their, on their spirit. God, their DNA would be covered with purpose. God, I pray for people who are in the middle right now. I pray for people that are, that are just going through some things that may not make sense. God, I pray that you would use it for purpose. It may not ever make sense, God, but you use it for purpose. We may not get an answer, God, but we get a new direction. God, I pray that you would give direction in this house. God, that you would make a connection. You would make a connection to their future right now. God, I pray for anyone here right now who's carrying a baggage, God, that has been too much to carry. Too much, God. They're checking in on the flight and they're overweight and their luggage is overweight. Their baggage, they, they can't take anymore. God, and I pray that you would release that. I pray that if they need the grace to extend grace, you would give it to them. I pray if they just need a moment to experience your goodness in their, inside of their heart, God, I pray that you would put it in there right now. I pray that you would touch their spirit and their heart, God. And whenever they think about that moment, they would know that the memory has been rewritten because it now has your hand on it. It now has your touch on it. It now has your favor and your blessing on it. Jesus. One last group I want to pray for. I just want to stay in this moment. If you're in this place and you just feel like God is prompting you to start something, like you, you, you haven't began a relationship with him and this is new to you, but you feel the spirit of God speaking. Maybe you don't even know what it is, but you're just like, something's different. Something's tapping on my heart. Something's pounding on my chest. That's God. He wants, to, he wants to do something. He wants to meet with you. He wants to invite himself into your life. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. I just want to pray for you. You know who you are. And I want you to just say this out loud with me. Everyone in the room, let's say it out loud just to encourage them. Say, Jesus, welcome to my world. I give you it all. Come into my life. Forgive me. Change me. Put purpose in me. In your name I pray.